0: Hello and welcome to the Gut Feeling podcast, speaking with musicians on how they found their sound. I'm your host Gregory Adams, and Gut Feeling is not just a podcast but a bi-weekly newsletter which you can sign up for at buttondown.email/gutfeeling. Normally I would do an intro on these kind of things, but it's the end of the year which brings up, you know, uh, end of the year traditions for this podcast in particular. I've got our guest Adam Mitchell, the guitarist for Specters Madness Cartel, my former roommate, and uh, you know, just all around good friend. I'll say, Adam, how how the hell are you? I'm doing okay. How are you, man? I'm making it work. I'm making it work. It's it's busy, busy end of the year kind of uh, just general stuff. I am glad that you took some time out of your schedule today, cancelling a madness cartel practice, not because of the treacherous snow out there that's just kind of preventing everyone from uh, driving around rationally in in Vancouver, but to speak with me about some of
1: your favourite albums of the year. Exactly why I cancelled it. I said, nothing comes before this podcast. And as the one person in the band who writes nothing and is therefore totally replaceable, I will quit. If we don't cancel practice to do this podcast, so here we are. Hell yeah, yeah, I love it. You Re- really put you know plant the flag in the ground. Exactly.
0: I you know I'll be I'll be honest. It's been a while since I listened to Madness Cartel. I went onto your Bandcamp today, and the demo has a different cover, and and a different name. What can you tell me about this? Do you, do you even know about
1: this? Uh, I do know about that, and there's no like big story behind it. It was kind of like I think probably there is different perspectives on the in the band as far as aesthetics goes um so the original cover was like more up uh tony our vocalist ali and then uh that obviously we only ever put that online and then we decided we want to actually have hard copy tapes now that shows can happen again and we can play them and uh i think we figured like well it's almost like we're re-releasing something so let's just do a different cover for it and more i think in line with an aesthetic that the older washed up people in the band go with you know that sort of like partners in crime records aesthetic but uh yeah that's about that other than that it's the it's the all the same songs or maybe we added one of the songs we recorded a ton and i think we've since added one more to what is i guess technically our demo so what's the, what's the general vibe of madness
0: cartel? Like as, as we know it right now, like just, just a little bit of background on, on the band. Cause
1: you know, that demo, you recorded it three years ago. Like what's, mm-hmm. what's happened since. So, um, I mean, very little, like, I think when we fir- the first time you and I did this, this is the third time we've done this now. Uh, I think was, what was that? Right. As sort of in the midst of the pandemic. So, uh, mad card had played one show, um, and then obviously there was basically no shows for two years, and then when, even when things started happening, funds who plays guitar lives in Bellingham, so we really didn't get back to practicing a whole lot until they kind of lifted all the like testing requirements because it didn't you know him going through a whole rigmarole of testing like COVID testing just to come up and you know run through a ten minute set two or three times didn't seem worth it yeah um so yeah nothing too exciting i mean just kind of usual shit was we kind of regrouped and relearned the songs that we thought were were worth relearning and started writing new stuff and um just kind of getting tight again we played one show since we've been back we have another booked in a couple weeks into january and uh yeah just kind of just kind of usual stuff i mean it's always like a little tricky to make things work when you have people you know you get a little older and it's not like you can't quite dedicate every waking moment of your life to your band so it's kind of like people's real lives getting away a little bit but uh yeah just kind of just kind of doing what we do trying to um hopefully be a little more active in 2023 than we were in 2022 i am looking
0: at a photo right now of the band and you you play bass guitar in, in, in madness cartel I, I'm, I'm sorry i said you were the guitarist i accept your apology yeah. Yeah. You know, keeping things above board, informal here, uh, but funds, wonderful picture of funds, beautiful, luscious locks. I, I don't think I've ever seen them with such long hair. Yeah, I know. The pandemic did crazy things. <laughs> um, So, you know, third year running that we're doing this Uh, the first two years, you know, Spectres were uh, promoting a new album. Uh, last year, you're promoting a B-Sides collection. We don't technically have a Spectres record to talk about in so much as a completed product but you are recording a new album Mm -hmm. or have been recording a new album with jesse gander what can you tell me about this
1: yeah so we're about uh i would say with the exception of a couple odds and ends the music is done and vocals will start getting tracked throughout january we'll just add like other little little you know bits and bobs kind of maybe throw a few transition parts and if if we feel like some things need to be tweaked or added with guitars and synths and stuff but i would say musically it's like 90 percent done and then mix it in february and then i don't know what lead times are on uh on pressing plants right now i would assume it'll probably be out by next fall i'm thinking that anything would happen quicker than that would be optimistic but um yeah it's uh i'm uh I mean, I love recording with Jesse. I would say the whole process of writing the record has been an interesting one. So um, we'll see. I'm pretty happy with how things are coming together. I think um, I've been trying to decide if it's going to be a divisive record or not. I don't think so. I think there's probably there's more pop songs than we've had in the past. But I don't think that's a big surprise. If you look at the band longitudinally, it's, you know, there's always been Every, every record has gotten more melodic than the last. So I think probably people, if, if there people out there who felt like nostalgia got a little too far away from the sort of, you know, anarcho punk roots or the post-punk roots uh, Mm -hmm. they will probably like this record even less. Uh, Having said Mm -hmm. that, I think there's a few songs that uh, harken back a little more to that sound. So, yeah, I think uh, from where I sit, it's a, it's a very natural progression. No, no, uh, no big wild curveballs. i think if people like the way the band has been progressing then i hope they like this record too i think if people kind of have not been crazy about that progression this will further that disillusionment
0: <laughs> um you mentioned that you don't write the music in madness cartel did you write anything uh for this specters record
1: yeah um i've probably have a hand in almost everything. I mean, Spectres is a very collaborative band with writing for better or worse. I think some bands really benefit from having just like a a Noel Gallagher type who just comes in as like, this is, these are the songs. And then some bands benefit from, you know, obviously jamming out ideas. So pretty much everyone brings in ideas in Spectres. Um, I may be a little more dictatorial with mine. Um, There's definitely a couple songs on the record where I just kind of was like, here are the demos i recorded this is how the songs go or and then some where i brought in you know a very very at least a very finished guitar part and was like you know let's let's put this together but the arrangement is done um and then a lot of them were more sort of conventional how we've always done it which is someone brings in a part and we jam things out um But yeah, I mean, since since I joined, I I think I've I've put a stamp on things, but this definitely this record will have the most if you want to say, like, if you want to ascribe like any composition to any one member, this one has the most uh, I've ever written on it for sure.
0: Moving on to what we also do every year, aside from talking about specters, is is we get into some of our favorite records of the year. First mm-hmm. off, actually, here's a question: just in general, are your favorite albums of the year the ones you listen to the most, or ones that like
1: maybe strike you once or twice? Um, probably both. I mean, you know me; I don't like. I'm always a little pathetically oblivious to a lot of new music that comes out when I think of like new albums, I like quote unquote, it's often like something that came out three or four years ago that I just finally got around to listening to. Um, pretty much every year, my Spotify wrapped is just like, you know, Tommy Keen, psychedelic furs and Aztec camera. Like, you know, I, it's, it's rarely like some new thing that I've discovered that takes up a lot of, uh, that takes up a lot of airtime, but, um, I don't I'm trying to think with what I sent you, only a couple of things I think were new to me. Most of mm-hmm. it was like new records by bands I already knew. Yeah. Um, which I think is very, very on brand for me. You know, as like I said, I'm just so, so just like sad and pathetic at like discovering new things. And usually when I do, it's because someone sends them to me.
0: Well, let's jump into your first pick or your first text i suppose we'll say uh long knife mm-hmm. out of portland their their album curb stomp earth uh th- i'm actually glad that you reminded me of this one because i did check it out in the summer i, yeah, I think i, I definitely about caught it. wind of it yeah maybe we were texting back and forth about it and i was like yeah who who are these guys like like kind of excited it was like an exciting uh new discovery and then then i realized that they've been a band for a very long time
1: yeah, uh, I think that record is awesome. Uh, so Vacant State played with them early on. And it's like, you know, people who have just played in tons of bands that you would have known in Portland. Um, and yeah, I just think, uh, you know, a lot. They're, they're friends of Spectres, And like I said, like Vacant State had played with them. And so they were just always on like my radar. And I think they, they hadn't done a whole lot. I think like a couple of singles over the last few years. And then i think we were we were down in portland and like they they had just wrapped up that record or something and we just heard that it was going to be called curb stomp earth which is the greatest title um and then yeah it came out and it's just like fuck it's such a good record yeah i mean you know it's it it sounds like poison idea which is what i want from long knife like does what it says on the tin you know
0: yeah, it's you know, it, it, it's it's that local, local feel, you know, local, yeah, keep keeping up traditions. It has like, yeah, I definitely got a bit of poison idea of that. It has some like kind of street punk, like melodicism to it, which I think is something that I, I see in a, a couple other records that you picked as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. And then the, the shreddiness that's that's why I got really excited about it because I was thinking about it in terms of, oh, well, maybe I could get a guitar story out of this. Oh, that'd uh, be cool. Yeah, which would be cool at some point. I, I haven't uh followed up on that because I uh, like i said i i forgot about this record until you reminded me again it sounds like and here's if you will the first song on the record modern fatigue it's kind of like if guns and wankers were a poison idea cover band <laughs> which which strikes me as something that you would love as well
1: Uh oh i mean i i can't say i heard that but i as soon as we're done with this i'm gonna go back and listen to it with that in mind because uh i love poison idea and i love guns and wankers
0: yeah I also looked it up today just on Discogs just to see um if I could get myself a copy. Uh these I guess they were very limited pressings. The basic black version is currently selling for like 275 Canadian. Jesus
1: Christ. Do, do you have a copy of this or do you I have, don't like, have a copy yeah. of it. I'm, I'm I've been so like lazy with buying records lately. Yeah. And it sounds like I just will not get a copy because I'm not fucking paying 200 plus dollars for a record that came out this year
0: yeah yeah it's wild i i yeah collector mentality kills me yeah
1: Yeah, i mean i've i used to be a lot more gung-ho about it and i would have no qualms about dropping you know uh, a bunch of money on a record i really wanted but uh i just find so often these days i think maybe it's working at home like when i'm at home i'm working and when i'm anywhere outside of my home, I'm listening to music, just, you know, like if I'm at the gym or driving or on a walk or doing whatever I do. So I think because I listen to music so infrequently at home, you know, cause even being like just collector scum, I also always felt like I want to buy these records to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And if I'm just going to be buying them to have them and not listen to them, I just, it's, it doesn't feel like a, a great way to spend my money these days so i've really i've really fallen off the record collector train over the past couple of years
0: yeah up until records were regularly 30 or 40 dollars like new uh if you're lucky uh i think the most i'd ever spent on a record was like 35 dollars on lenny kravitz let love rule
1: <laughs> oh man that's a good record i just i had kind to of i had on. to have it That's fair. No, I I mean, I've dropped like, I don't know if I've ever spent over $200 on a record. Uh, And it's not because I had a a problem with the idea of doing it. It was more like when I was more inclined to do that, I didn't usually have $200 to spend on a record. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I I don't have like some like moral qualm against dropping that kind of money. I've spent, you know, almost $200 many times, but uh,
0: yeah. But
1: yeah, it's silly, but you know, whatever you got to do for that dopamine boost, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess I guess you're right there. I guess you're right there. So the next one on your list, uh, New Zealand group that I did not know about the Beths. their
1: album uh, is the album expert in a dying field. Yeah, I think it was actually Mike from Punitive Damage, I think played me their EP their first EP when it came out a few years back. I was like, oh, this is good. And then I kind of forgot about them and then rediscovered them either early last year, maybe late 2020 um, and just like, listen to them, listen to those first two LPs, like crazy. And then this one came out and I'll admit that like, I loved the singles off this new album. Mm -hmm. Um, The album as a whole hasn't grabbed me as much as the last two. It's maybe, I don't know. It's you could probably say it's a more sophisticated album or something, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, branching out a little more from, What they previously done but i think yeah i just i don't i don't uh enjoy it front to back the way i did their last two but still like uh the track i sent you the title track is just a great pop song i think uh yeah i just think they're uh, a very charming pop band yeah uh the pr on it
0: says it's an incandescent collision excuse me an incandescent collision of power
1: pop and scuzz do you get the scuzz in this uh not really i mean that was maybe like i think their earlier stuff was like had sort of like a a fuzzier kind of pop feel to it if anything i would say that's my critique of the newer one is there isn't enough scuzz on it but uh yeah i mean like i've 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 seen a few like clips of the guitar player being like just like a total total gear nerd and he does all their productions so there's some there is like you know, some some gnarly guitar tones amongst uh, amongst the sort of pretty pop songs and stuff.
0: I, I listened to a few of the tracks on this uh, expert in a dying field. The first track, obviously, as that was what starts the record uh, knees deep. I liked that one. That one did song, have a yeah. bit more a bit more fuzz. Yeah, it feels the... more like the first record to me, that song. Closest vibe I could think of it of on like a contemporary track is um, maybe something like. Did, did you, do you listen to Always? Spell. Oh yeah, spelled yeah, like yeah. Vays, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. All Yeah, uh, yeah, I know the band. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been kind of uh, the hot the hot album this year. That was the number one on a lot of a lot of press lists. Uh, mm-hmm. Blue Rev. It kind of it kind of hits in that the uh, kind of um, like jangly shoegaze. Yeah, C-86, and I, I think that I think all, there's all the some
1: I think there's like some mutual fandom between those two bands. I feel like I've like read a Beth's interview where they talk about really liking Always. So um that would make sense. Yeah, that Always record was uh there is one song on it that is so uh it's not nothing that either that either of us put on our list but just cuz you brought it up there's one song on that album that's such a good like Smiths bite. Mm-hmm. and carl and i talked about this like man oh if this if this record kind of went it's the only song that sounds like that the rest of it was fine to me like it just it was like a good pop record but maybe didn't quite grab me that one song it was like man if they did a whole album of this like of this like smith's biting man yeah be unstoppable
0: Chubby in the gang, twice shy. Uh, the second song on a three-song seven-inch. Yeah, I I don't know anything about this band.
1: Um, so I think uh, last year I had that chisel LP, right? The the chisel. Um, hmm. so s- some of the same people. Um, but this is hmm. with more of like a, sort of a street punk and bit of a pub rock feel to it um actually the the LP they put out last year was awesome and I just totally spaced on including on my list but this uh yeah I thought this single was great I don't know if you listened to the rest of it but like the other two songs on it um definitely have a little more of a bit of a glam feel to them like mm-hmm. still like sort of punk but very like glam punk and then I really like that second song though it it uh it has a bit of like a bit of a blitz feel to it um it's a quicker song yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think all the songs on that are, are are awesome though. Um, but I think yeah, I think also I was just sending you the first song on a lot of the things I was saying. I was like, I should at least mix it up and send the second song on this. Mm. Um, but I could have could have gone with any of them. Um but yeah, good band. I think uh uh a pretty hype band. Again, like like most things, like a couple of years ago, Jay from Spectre is sent, who is like my pipeline to anything new like that I should know about, but don't, because um, I don't know about anything, um, sent it, sent me that first LP a few years ago. And, uh, yeah, I just, I think, uh, I think what I'd heard through the grapevine is, is that like a number of people in that band quit recently. Um, mm. but hopefully they keep doing, keep doing something. Cause I think, yeah. uh, yeah, those last two releases are great.
0: As long as chubby is there, you can, you can always fill out the gang with different people.
1: Those are the perks of having a band name like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's funny that you
0: mentioned the glam thing because i uh, the 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 note that i wrote down is is so i did listen to all three songs it's a pretty quick ep not not too hard yeah. to bang that off uh it has that kind of really weird dead like glam drum production like like yeah. it kind of sounds like a like cardboard box yeah, yeah. Totally. i think that's like uh honestly one of my favorite drum sounds like uh like the beginning of um like the Ziggy Stardust album is just a, that dead-end kit. It's it's right. just, I love it so much. Hi-Viz, uh, Talk for Hours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I did a little bit of research on this one, and they are also friends of Chubby and the Gang. Mm-hmm. That's what it says right in the bio. That's not a lot of research if I'm just reading <laughs> the bio, so I'll, I'll be honest. But uh, uh, it was a point that was made that there is some sort of a connection. Like, what can you tell me about High viz
1: uh, so the high viz, um, and again, I think uh, I think it's another record. Their their first record is another one that Jay sent me to check out. Uh, and their first LP was more um, uh, I would say almost in the in the vein of like what Spectres does, um, like very chameleons influenced. And then this one came out and it just to me it sounds like a totally different band. But uh it was funny because when I heard that first record, and it comes through a bit on the second one too, I was like Oh, these have to be like people from hardcore, because it's like every now and then, I'm, like this is like almost like a, like a carry on stomp mosh part, just mm. like with with chorus pedals, and then it turns out that uh, that yeah, one of the guys, you Lucas lived with him, uh, would lived with the bassist Rob, if I recall his name is uh, uh, when when Lucas lived in England, and it's like that dude, and I think the singer were in uh this band Dirty Money, like I stayed with them on tour in the UK back in like oh nine so yeah they're like not guys that i know but just guys that turns out that i met what 10 12 years ago but yeah i think that new record's cool it's uh now tell me i don't know if you listened to more of it in that first song but i think it's encapsulated in this first song is like a lot of people are like hearing and being like oh now it sounds like oasis and stone roses and like i can get that but i also think it sounds kind of like jane's addiction (laughs) <laughs> okay,
0: I I wrote a, down a handful of things. I ended up just putting that one on in the background. It kind of leans into post-hardcore with yep. like a with like an alternative kind of framework in sort Definitely. of something that's like in the vein that like Military Gun are doing that as mm-hmm. well. I would say that the the I guess I I don't know if this is a good comparison or or, or de- depending on your relationship with it, but it kind of sounds like the slower songs on Shelter's Mantra. And I think oh. I think I think a good portion of that is how much reverb there is on this record because right. reverb is king on it, especially on the vocals.
1: One, I was over at Zach's place one day. Zach from Specters and uh, Graham from Homefront was in town, and the three of us were listening to that record. And I want to say that there was a point where I was like, "This sounds like Shelter to me." Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I picked up on that same that same vibe. You did, yeah. And there's like. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely one song that starts off like kind of sounding like it could be a Dag Nasty song mm-hmm. um, and uh yeah, almost stuff that's like, oh, with different production and vocals, this isn't this is almost something that could have been on Epitaph in 1998. There's like one or two songs like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting record that way. It's like one of those ones where the production gives it an overall feel, but when you really pay attention to the song structures, it's like, Oh, this is like, not that far removed from like a melodic, like post hardcore kind of record. Uh, have they been around for a while? Like,
0: do you know, do you know much more about high viz?
1: Uh, uh, no, I don't know. Tom, I think that, I think that first LP came out in maybe 2019 or 2020. So they've been around for, for a few years. Again, um, this is like the- one of these things I would feel like I should like know more about like, I'm at this point in my life where I like hear a band and like I don't get obsessive about it I'm like oh this is really good and like I'll listen to the record and that's enough like whereas you know 10-15 years ago I could have told you every facet of every band that I liked Mm -hmm. what was the last band uh, like that that you obsessed over like as far as like trying to actually like like research the band and like what's this band all about I honestly couldn't even tell you
0: looping it back to specters and madness cartel like um are are you excited for the for the new year putting putting new music together
1: playing some shows Hmm. um yeah i i mean with regards to specters uh i'm really looking forward to this album being done um you know i mentioned earlier that uh i certainly have more writing contributions on it and we've probably discussed this in the past, but I don't particularly enjoy writing music. Um, I don't like playing music in general is more of a compulsion for me these days than like a passion. Yeah. Um, uh, it, I, I won't go down that super bleak like rabbit hole there, but I'll just say like, I'm like someone who likes writing riffs. I don't necessarily like writing songs. I don't think I'm very good at it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when I do write songs, I do it mostly out of necessity. Um so having said that, uh, because I was so involved in the writing of the Spectres LP, far more than I've been on other things, I've kind of lost sight on it. You know, like you just get so close to a project that you lose kind of perspective on like, is is this good or not? Or you just can't mm-hmm. really enjoy hearing the songs anymore. Um, so admittedly, I, that's kind of where I'm at with the album. Like tracking, it's been great because recording with Jesse's great and it's been right now we don't even have a rough mix like we have because a rough mix is generous it's just like basically the raw tracks to listen back to things and so i can hear the guitar tones and everything like oh yeah those sound cool um but it it doesn't really give me a full scope of of what the album is going to be i also think that you know the vocals always just dictate the overall sound so um yeah i'm looking forward to that record being done because it really, a lot of work went into it, uh, writing it. The recording process has actually been very easy, but the writing process was a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think I, uh, maybe it sounds harsh to say, but you know, in the, within the context of what I just said, I sort of stopped enjoying the songs. You know what I mean? Like you work at them too hard and they're no longer a fun thing. Um, and I think once the record is done and mixed and I can step back from it and just like, listen to it for what it is. Um, then I can maybe have a better assessment of how we spent the last couple of years. So that's, that's something I'm looking forward to. And like, I don't, I don't love the recording process in general, but I love having a a record in my hand that like, Oh, I, I played on this and here's a record that I played on. Um, and then with mad cart. Yeah. It's, uh, like I said, we've been writing, well, everyone else has been writing, but me, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I think, um, with that, it's just like it's a little different just because it's it's a new band. Like with Spectres, it feels like trying to keep up momentum. Whereas I feel like Mad Cart hasn't really got the opportunity to even gain momentum yet. The one show we've played this year was super fun. Um, and it got me like pretty psyched to do it more. And again, that's like it's great to have a band where I don't have to write, where I can just like show up, play bass, play fast, learn the songs as best I can, and and that's it. That's the learn the songs and show up is the extent of my uh of my creative involvement, which is a very nice counterbalance to like uh projects where I have to be more creatively involved. So probably we'll record again this year. Um I don't know if we would do like another demo or we're gonna do a seven inch or what the plan. We haven't thought that far ahead. Um more just uh get some tunes together and and record is yeah. uh and actually play some shows just normal normal hardcore band stuff is kind of the plan which is refreshing
0: a big thank you to adam mitchell of specters madness cartel and a slew of old vancouver punk and hardcore bands for getting into some of his favorites of the year most of which being records that had not crossed my radar that happens there's there's a lot of music out there. but I dug a lot of records this year too, some of which were with artists that were covered through gut feeling like Spoon's Lucifer on the sofa, local hardcore group punitive damages. This is the blackout. The big rig tape was big in rotation over here. Peter Matthew Bower's Flowers is a gorgeous immersive listen if you haven't caught that one yet. But you know, some of the other albums that I dug this year I wrote about for other publications. Uh, the Haunted Shores record was sick. John Reese's Plosives record has his signature bite all over it. There are also some records that I just didn't get around to writing uh, about this year that I like quite a bit, like Kate Lebon's Pompeii, or a semi-mysterious Soul Outfit Salt's Untitled God LP, which was a high concept, beautiful, beautiful record, and a part of a five-album drop they did on Dropbox in November. Honestly, there's so many more to list, but I'll wrap up quick here with a big thank you to the folks that spoke with gut feeling throughout the year as well as the other artists I spoke to for other publications, including Revolver, Guitar World, Range, Northern Transmissions, and more. It's always mind-blowing to look back at those conversations as the year winds down. I got to speak with some foundational favorites, new discoveries, legit rock gods, the sickest young hardcore bands, amazing guitarists in town and abroad. And it always stuns me. I'm always grateful to be doing this. I'll add extra thanks if you checked out any or all of this, because that's the other part of the equation. If you're not yet a subscriber, you can sign up for the Gut Feeling newsletter at buttondown.email slash gutfeeling, which is where you can find the full archive of posts and podcasts. The emails run bi-weekly, though I may take a little extra time off next month. Let's say a third week of January, we're back in action. You can listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Rate it if you'd like, spread the word if you can, Uh, anything helps on those fronts. And that's it. I hope you're enjoying a bit of time off through the holiday and I'll catch you in the new year.